Yeah, okay. Yeah, oh god. Okay, we're good. Oh, yeah. What happened? Oh, uh, I was trying to put the coffee back at a weird angle. Like, I was bending my arm behind my back. Yeah. So my fingers were pressing right to the side of it, and it really burned. Are you okay? Do you need a Neosporin <laughs> or something? No, it's not that bad. Oh, okay. Be careful. You got to be careful. It Coffee's hot. <laughs> what are you doing? Doing the cliff. Oh, okay. That's what he does when he's like trying to it's summon you over. Is he wiggles his fingers at you. No, I just saw him do that at a girl one time. Oh. <laughs> one time I was on the bus in like elementary school. And I was practicing kissing. No, I think I'd just seen that episode of Freaks and Geeks where um it was a Halloween one where Neil dresses like Groucho Marx. Yeah. And he's doing like the eyebrow raise thing. Mm-hmm. And I thought his costume was so cool that um I was practicing the eyebrow raise thing on the bus. And I think an older girl caught me doing it like as she was walking by. I wasn't doing it at her. I swear to God. I was practicing, though. Yeah. And she was like, ugh. She, uh, yeah, she... Bro, she did what we, uh, what would be done today on Twitter, but in the bathroom with Crayon and wrote, this man is a, uh, a sex pest. You know, it seems less... L- Actually, it was definitely middle school. I, I was going to say elementary school doesn't really make sense. No, I was going to say, why have you even seen Freaks and Geeks? Why are you watching Freaks and Geeks? uh, Because it's a good show. In elementary school. Might have been like fifth or sixth grade that I watched it for the first time. Whenever it was airing, I think. It was uh, 99. Oh, well, I was five. That doesn't make sense. Yeah, no. I don't know. My dad had the DVDs regardless, so I watched it somehow. Some way. When I was younger. And uh, now I appreciate it a lot more. I haven't watched it in a very long time. I used to have the DVDs as well. I've lost them. But uh, why would I want to watch Freaks and Geeks when you can watch that 80s show instead? It's a great question. 80s Red Foreman. 80s Eric Foreman. 80s Danny Masterson. They all just well, yeah. See, Danny Masterson had the haircut for the '80s before any of them. Did he? Yeah, he had like the afro kind of. Yeah. Oh, you think he gets like a more uh, shaved perm? Yeah, maybe he just gets a more pronounced afro, and he's kind of like the. Dan, uh, do you ever wonder what you'd look like if you had uh, Lionel Richie's hair in the '80s? What does his hair look like? Uh, it's kind of a mullet. Let me show you. I mean, I'm, I never considered a mullet, really. Um, I have too much self-respect for that. Too much self-respect for this? 80s hair. I was thinking about getting a hime cut. What's a hime? It's like a Japanese hairstyle where you have side bangs that are kind of like medium length between... The length of your bangs and the length of your thrust of your hair. Okay. Uh, let me see if I can find it. So I have thought about what I would look like with that haircut. So, okay. 
So he's got... What is that, a jerry curl? No, not quite, I guess. Not quite. It's kind of a weird hybrid between a mullet and an afro. Yeah, I guess it. this looks more jerry curl. He's kind of breaking down the barriers. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, now that I see it, I do kind of want that haircut. And not, I want to dance on the ceiling. Yeah. I kind of remember it being more shaped. Mm-hmm. I don't know. More like a fortune themester or something? More like a fro shaped into a mullet. Ah, okay. Kind of the Cybertruck approach of hairstyles. Cybertruck? Oh, yeah. A truck shaped into a PlayStation 1. Yeah. Oh, the best Jerry Curl of all time has got to be the bad guy from uh, Coming to America. Yeah. He's one of the best. He's like power ranking of 80s movie villains. <laughs> he's up there. It's he's probably like him, James Spader, and Pretty in Pink. Mm-hmm. Um, Cobra Kai. Yeah. Imagine should, those guys hanging out. They should have uh, made like a not another teen movie style movie, but... With, with just those guys and it's called like the dinner club honestly what a great idea for a movie mm-hmm. 80s bullies hanging out yeah there's nothing they couldn't accomplish yeah just like get it from their point of view why they're bullying these guys like why they hate them so much maybe they have a reason you know yeah and they they would make Take- up for each other's shortcomings because they all kind of have like a fatal flaw and they all get like and it's a realistic movie because of course they're going to lose at the end yeah or maybe they win, and it's even more realistic. Yeah, okay, yeah, that was kind of more my idea, was uh, they overcome their shortcomings together, and none of them get, like, disgraced at none the end. None of them get owned. No. The bullies that didn't get owned. That's what the movie can be called. <laughs> the bullies that got away with murder. That's how it ends. They kill one of the nerdiest of kids. Yeah. And they're like, no, no one speak to the cops. This dies between <laughs> us. We take this to the grave. Mm-hmm. So it starts off as a screwball comedy, then turns into, like, the beginning of uh, I Know What You Did Last Summer. This coffee is too dang hot still. Wait, the beginning of I Know What You Did? What happens? I don't remember. I guess more so the exposition of that movie. Mm. Have you not seen that movie? That movie sucks. I have seen that movie, but I don't, I don't... The only scene I really remember is the... Well, the scene they parody in Scary Movie. Wait, no, it's not Scary Movie. They do parody in Scary Movie. Oh, it is Scary Movie. Where they hit the, the they hit the fisherman. Yeah, where's the foot? And then this. Well, actually, also the other scene they parody in Scary Movie in the theater. So I really only remember the Scary Movie parody scenes. I guess it's very bad. It sucks. It's such a boring movie. Yeah, I mean, I didn't think it was that. You no, know, maybe I did think it was that bad it's, actually. It's Scream with no sauce. Yeah, it's very, like, middle-of-the-road yeah. 90s slasher. It's kind of like, you know, in the 80s, Friday the 13th is just a deliberate rip-off of Halloween, but they found their own thing. Yeah. It's kind of like, I know what you did last summer, wanted to do that, but they couldn't figure out what their feel was. Mm-hmm. And it's just this sort of vibeless movie. Yeah. Um, They had, like, an idea for a killer and a backstory and then nothing. They had no hook, really. Yeah, my job just hired a um, director. A fisherman? No, a director of vibes. Yeah. So I've just been thinking about vibes a lot lately. Actually, is that an actual thing that happened? No. Oh. 
Like I was watching that movie Doubt the other day. Yeah. And How is uh, it? it's pretty good actually. I was gonna say it's very funny. No. Um Nope. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Not really. Uh but there's a scene where a kid goes to the office and then he gets sent back and he just starts crying. Yeah. Nothing happens to him. But I, we were wondering why he started crying and I was like, Well, I don't know, the vibes were just off. Yeah. Sometimes that's all it takes. Sometimes. What do you think the vibes are gonna be like when we see the Fablements? One, what are the theater vibes gonna be like and what are the movie vibes gonna be like? Hmm. Do you think it's gonna be empty? Could be. Like the Spielberg alone, does that name really carry as much weight? Well, because wasn't West Side Story a flop? Yeah. Yeah, and then the movie before that I saw in theaters because of Movie Pass was uh, Ready Player One. Yeah. Saw that in a massive theater, and it was maybe me and like seven other people. Yeah, so it's gonna be empty. Uh, Hollow. Um, you know, it's good. The vibe's going to be like a, uh, I'd say, uh, a, I'd say it's going to be a, uh, mm. vibe of an abandoned amusement park from the 1990s. Hmm. You know? Yeah. Sort of a American, uh, like sort of like a rundown Cedar Point or something. Like rust water dripping on our heads. Um. Maybe there's, we get bed bugs. Sort of a hollowed out. No, I don't know. I'm being this down on Steve Spielberg, but um, kind of. That's I think that holds up. Kind of like a cicada carapace just chilling on the sidewalk. Yeah, action park. Noisy, empty. Yeah. A lot of sound and fury signifying nothing. No, it's not exactly. The movie might be fine. Guess the movie. Guess the movie. Yeah, what movie is that from? I don't know. Um, Just kidding. It's the it's, wedding singer. It's from a play. Yeah, I think they said it in that too. Or was it uh, Little Nicky? They say that. I think it's both. I think um, that's kind of one of the Happy Madison uh, like trademarks. Is they Son-in-law? they quote Shakespeare in every movie at some point. Yeah, Son in Law is just like a riff on um, Othello. Hmm. I watched Grandma's Boy the other day. Yeah, and that's also a riff on Macbeth. It's a modern day Macbeth. When you think about it was it. more of an Oedipus, Oedipus situation, actually, not Shakespeare. I think they were branching out to, um, you know, different types of old fuckers. Mm-hmm. What's what's it about? It's about a guy that oh, looks like Mel grandma. Gibson but isn't. Yeah, and he fucks his grandma. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and he does look like Mel Gibson. Fun fact: they actually. Um, they had Mel Gibson come in for one. They they he filmed one scene. And they left it in the movie because no one knew it wasn't yeah. the original guy. Yep, but they had to recast him when uh he had to change his tire. So the idea of Grandma's Boy is basically, hey, what if Mel Gibson smoked weed? Mm-hmm. Yeah, pretty much. That's cool. So. Do you actually want to know the plot of Grandma's Boy? No. All right. I've seen it. Oh, you've seen it. A little bit, yeah. On Comedy Central. Yeah. I'd never seen it before. Yeah, it's like they're video game designers, and there's a creepy weirdo that I really hate. Yeah. I really hate that character. I don't like him either. But I think he makes me uncomfortable. Based on some reviews I, I was reading, to. people think he's pretty funny, but I, I don't know. I what? just thought he was insufferable. I don't know. 
What's weirder is that the next night I watched Avatar. I'd never seen the movie Avatar. And he's in that too. He's the same character? Um, He's like, I want to sit on face <laughs> to the Navi. Yeah, he was doing that when they're in like the two. Please pee on me. <laughs> What's he saying? He was, he was he was like, fucking around with the bodies when they were uh, in the tubes in their avatars. Yeah. Um. I yeah, he says something like, that. like I was like, we were talking about. Gra- sorry, that's sorry to cut you off. We were talking okay. about Grandma's boy, and I was talking about how much I hate that character. He's like, why? Well, I, I really relate to that character. <laughs> and I was like, why would you say that about yourself? It's like, no, that's just basically me. You're not doing yourself a service comparing yourself to that character. I mean, like, he was nothing like that character. No, the only I'd cool... I'd say he's a much cooler guy than that character was. The only cool thing about J.R., I think that's the character's name, is that he listens to AFX Twin. Yeah. Because that movie has a bunch of, like... I don't even remember what the soundtrack is like, but there's there's that scene where he's, like, in the Matrix. He's, like, leaned back in his chair, and he's got three monitors around him, and they're playing a song, and I'm like... The song is really cool. The scene sucks though. And then in the credits, it was "Window Licker" by FX Twin. So you didn't like Grandma's Boy? No. Okay. Not, not not particularly. I mean, there were a couple funny jokes, but I mean, I like when he comes on that guy's mom. I don't remember that scene. Oh yeah, he was like beating off to his friend's action figure in the in the bathroom. Yeah. And his mom. And then his friend's mom comes in, and he turns around, and he's, like, just about to bust. And so he starts coming all over. He's like, I'm so sorry. I can't stop. Yeah, very good. <laughs> very nice. Par for the course for uh, Happy Madison. Yeah. Those movies are all kind of the same, though, I, I realized. The the early Adam Sandler ones are cool, though. Some of them are cool, but... Billy Madison's cool. They all have, like, the slobs versus snobs. They're all basically just copying Animal House. Or Caddyshack. Or Caddyshack. And um, there's always, like, the hot girl who's inexplicably attracted to the, like, charismatic weirdo main character. Which Caddyshack doesn't exactly do. No. The hot girl is attracted to Chevy Chase. And... Makes sense. Makes sense. And... For some reason, Billy Noonan. Which yeah. It's like, I guess... He's not too bad. Mm-hmm. But he's no Chevy Chase. So it doesn't really make sense why she's... Sleeping with both these guys. Yeah. I mean, he's a good egg. Chevy Chase is a sexy egg, though. Oh, yeah. He's so cool. In movies. <laughs> <laughs> um. Anyway, that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about Grandma's Boy and Billy Madison movies. I mean, Happy Madison movies. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Uh, the Adam Sandler joints. Wouldn't it be crazy if Happy Madison, the company name, existed before either Billy Madison or Happy Gilmore came out? And it was kind of like George Lucas being like, yeah, I wanted to make the prequels, but I didn't have the technology at the time. So Adam Sandler's like, well, I had the idea for the movies, <laughs> but I didn't have the comedy chops. At the, I, didn't I didn't have, have the, the technology yet. I didn't have make, the jokes. Didn't have the technology for Chubb's hand. <laughs> I didn't uh, know what golf balls were yet. I didn't have the technology for Norm MacDonald yet. <laughs> Norm MacDonald is just a, an android who <laughs> expired yeah. a couple, like a year ago. Rip Normbot. Mm. Yeah, they deactivated him. <laughs> Critically acclaimed comedy machine, literal comedy machine, Norm MacDonald. 
Yeah, that would explain why he's so funny. I mean, that he's just a robot. Yeah, like when you watch just Norm Macdonald and stuff, or like, you know, not even like in movies, but like on stage or in an interview, it does seem like he's just like, his brain is working towards a joke at all times. Yeah, he switched on for sure. Yeah. How do you like the coffee? It's good. Thank you. Um, <clears throat> well, don't thank me. Thank Hawaii. Thank you, Hawaii. Mahalo. Shouts out to our Hawaiian listeners. Thank you. I hope Barack, we have one. Obama, Lilo and Stitch, mm-hmm. Hawaii Five O, uh, Umaga, Wrestler, Jonah Ray. Whoever that is, yeah. Thank you, Jonah Ray. Um, <laughs> the comedian. He opened for Mark Mirror when he's on. Oh yeah. Isn't he in MST3K as well? Hmm. Very funny. Um, are we kind of done with the Happy Madison topic? Um, I mean, yeah, I can move on with you. I, I, you know, I was initially pretty stoked to see Linda Cardellini in Grandma's Boy because I just didn't know she was in it. Yeah. And there was a scene where she's singing Salt and Peppa, whatever that movie or the song is. Push it? Yeah. That was kind of cringe. That sounds... It made yeah. me embarrassed for her, and I wished it was someone else. Right. She is something in the Scooby-Doo <clears throat> movie, so... Oh, there is a funny... You know, okay, the only other scene I like in Grandma's Boy is where they get way too high to drive, and then they have to get somewhere. Yeah. And so they get the monkey to drive. So they're like, drive, cool. monkey, drive. That is dope. Yeah. Oh, also when um, Nick Swartzen uh, loses his virginity to that one old lady, and the this the hypersexual old lady. Nick Swartzen. There's a guy I don't really like seeing in movies. <laughs> he's a uh, he's kind of hit or miss, but anyway, after they have sex, um, he's like, I just I gotta admit that that was my first time. And she's like. Yeah, you were somewhere in the three thousands, <laughs> and then he like turns over and he looks horrified. He's like, "I should have used a condom." <laughs> That's kind of good. Now I tire of Grandma's boy. I'm tired of hearing about Grandma's boy. This bores me. It, it, it is. <laughs> we're just recounting bits from a movie that's <laughs> almost fifteen years old. And the post, the poster even mimics <laughs> Animal House. That's okay. And now I'm done. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's a movie I probably haven't seen since like three years after it came out. <laughs> That'd be 2009. Uh-huh. The year that Avatar came out. Yeah, a movie I also haven't seen since it came out. Oh, you saw Avatar? Yeah. You saw it in theaters? Yeah. Did you see it in 3D? I don't remember. Hmm. I don't remember anything about that movie. You're not the only one. Yeah, it's... A- I watched it a week ago and I don't remember half of it. But I did... Sh- I liked the first 90 minutes and then I completely checked out because it it just turns into like CGI bullshit. Yeah, I don't get what's... One of the first, actually, to to devolve into CGI bullshit. That's a real problem. Let's break that down. So Avatar is at the beginning wave of action movies that just evolve into meaningless CGI explosions and not even explosions, just fake shit happening. Mm Mm-hmm. For 
25 minutes and you just gloss over in your movie seat and uh, you stagger out of the theater you stagger not, out not the sure theater, what you not just sure, saw yeah not sure what happened in the last quarter of that movie because you couldn't retain any of it all yeah just to get away from this it's ruining action movies mm-hmm. I just want to see why can't we have like go back to the blood the days of blood sport or they live that Dude, fight scene and they live just duking it yeah that's the pure distillation it's of like something that hand-to-hand really hand happened, combat you know? <laughs> something that's happening right now <laughs> I meant the fight scene but like <laughs> probably the fight is like it's like two guys really fighting yeah and it has like momentum and pacing and like just when you think it's over it starts up again we've talked about this a lot several times I mean it's it's worthy of discussion yeah but yeah it's because i don't really remember i get i remember like when i was originally kind of interested in the marvel movies it'd get to that point and i'd feel dread because i knew it was going to happen to me yeah i was like oh i cannot possibly retain any of this anymore mm-hmm. this is overstimulating so yeah, I'm thinking about things I'm gonna do when I leave the theater. <laughs> yeah, yep. <laughs> I had to go pee, but I feel like people because I go with my family. They're like they're gonna talk to me about wasn't it cool when the Hulk burst through that guy's chest? <laughs> Does that happen? I don't know. And I'd be like, ah, uh, yeah, I guess. Now I gotta wait through the. Cr- it's like that. There's that 20 minutes, and then it's like, wait, we can't leave yet. They're gonna show Thor's hammer at the end of the credits. <laughs> they're gonna show someone look at an item. What if that was Hulk's signature move is just cracking through someone's rib cage, bursting his fist through the, their spine and then to the saying other side something of the body. like, "Oopsie Daisy, clean up on aisle seven. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just with weediness dialogue peppered. Yeah, <laughs> you know, horrid, horrid violence uh, interspersed with stupid uh, soy yeah, dialogue, dog soy banter, shit, sarcastic banter." I know you are, but what am I? Kind of stupid stuff. I don't, was the was the first Iron Man movie like that? Because that's that's the progenitor, right? That's that's the beginning. The first, yeah, that's the beginning. Yeah, two thousand eight was like every movie, every big blockbuster was a comic book movie. Because actually, but it wasn't bad. Uh, yeah, I didn't mind Iron Man. Iron Man was fine. Uh, Hellboy two came out that year, and I remember liking that. Okay, I didn't really like that. The first one didn't really do it for me. But I watch- liked it a long time ago. I don't what know else? if I like it now. Watchmen came out? No, that was a year later. Oh, okay. Dark Knight came out, though. And the first Hulk movie. Dark Knight, kind of the antithesis CGI-wise. Yeah. No. I mean, they definitely use CGI. But they do, but it's like... Steeped in reality? Yeah, and I guess the action in those movies are a lot easier to follow. And Yeah, the action is used... It, like It's kind of like... Like what a Marvel movie does by building up for an hour and a half to one action scene with like a couple tiny ones. Batman kind of just like keeps building up to action, then like denouement. It's kind of like a. Yeah, but even when it's, it's like, like. You're like riding a wave. Let's no action going board. on. Sorry, go ahead. I was just talking over you a bit. Oh, I don't know. I was just. I said something about boogie boards. So you can go on. Oh, okay. Oh, boy. Um. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's like. And then even when it's, there's no action in that movie, it's still compelling. And that's why a movie like Grandma's Boy <laughs> is uh, a crowning cinematic achievement. Yeah, because there's no action at all. Yeah, they don't use CGI. They play video games, and the 
the CGI is built into the movie, you know what I mean? Yeah. There's an apparatus for viewing the CGI, but it's not... It's 2006 it's, you're, graphics. You're, yeah, you're not breaking the fourth wall, so to speak. Right. I, okay, one more thing. I, they did have, like, a handful of, like, game, video game posters around the office. Yeah. There was one, called, it just looked like a big Optimus Prime Transformer looking dude, and it just said, gay robot. <laughs> That's pretty funny. <laughs> like, what could that game be? <clears throat> anyway. Yeah. No, yeah, we're going to see the Fablemans on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. You can expect some discussion on the Fablemans. I know everyone's dying to hear about the Fablemans. Yeah, I know that like people are really excited for the physical release of Playboy Cardi's uh, soundtrack he's did for the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I know I am. Yeah. Uh, I've been waiting for a Steven Spielberg Playboy Cardi collab for a decade now. Absolutely. And uh, no other real like important landmark movies coming out that I can think of. I don't even remember the last movie I saw. Th- what else? There's uh, Babylon. Yeah. Is White Noise coming out this year? Yeah. Barbie? I think it's next year. Oh. I don't know if that's going to be landmark, but it's a movie coming out. It's kind of that time of year to start thinking about year-end lists. Mm-hmm. Definitely Grandma's Boy, number one. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of a, like... Ambulance. It's a re- you might call it a revelation. Yeah. It's a type of movie that... I'm like, dear God, how have I not seen this before? Now that I've seen this... I have to rewatch basically every movie I've ever seen because this just like changes the game. Yeah, not since Little Nicky has a movie been so subversive as Grandma's Boy. Mm-hmm. Really pushed the medium forward. And in before a way. Little Nicky, it was uh, eight and a half. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, you know the three greats: Fellini, Sandler, guy that looks like Mel Gibson, and good, 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 Uh, John Luke Booger, I think is who you're thinking of. Okay. Probably. The director of... Hey, the director of Grandma's Boy, he directed... um. Hey, check it out. The 400 pieces of poop. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Dude, I don't even... That was, that was so good. I can't remember what I was going to say. Probably going to say uh, John Luke Godard's... Um, Shitless. Yep. Um. Jewels and cum. Mm-hmm. So that's Truffaut, but you know. that's Truffaut. Then you got uh. Cum tempt. Cum tempt, and you got the Japanese masters like Kurosawa and their movie uh. Uh, the seven guys who beat off together. Yeah. And um, high and blow. Throne of Come. Mm-hmm. Um. You know all the classics like. Uh, Yo Bimbo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's about a hot girl that comes to town and uh, she's a uh, saves the town. She pits to. Um. Two gangs against she each other. She pits the the chads against the virgins. Yeah, but she fucks them both. But she's a samurai too. 
Yeah. And one of them has a giant hammer they try to hit her she with. She has a Louis Vuitton uh, case for her katana. Mm-hmm. And she's played by... Lindsay Lohan? Mm-hmm. Sydney Sweeney. Okay. Or Paris Hilton. I haven't decided yet. Or Akira Kurosawa couldn't decide. So it's actually both actresses <laughs> in different scenes because uh, blonde white women look the same to him. Yeah, you thought no one would notice. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's the other movie I wanted to talk about. Um, Falling for Christmas. What the hell is that? I don't... It's a new uh, Lindsay Lohan Netflix movie. Yeah. Is it just a Christmas movie? Yeah. Um, she's like the heiress of a rich company. I, I don't know. Her dad owns it. And she's engaged to a gay man. Mm-hmm. Which one? Um, George Kai? No, he's a... He's plays a detective in something. Oh, he's in Malignant. Did you watch Malignant? No. Oh, okay. Guy who plays a detective. David Hyde Pierce. Malignant. <laughs> Not him. Um. Chuck Palahniuk. But she doesn't realize he's gay is a thing. Yeah, Brady Snellis. I want to see him reunite with Lindsay Lohan. Yeah. For another movie, I'm As sure he'd couple. be stoked to do it. Did you know Lindsay Lohan's 36? That makes sense. Does it? I'm going to leave it at that. Well, but, okay. uh, well, what was this? Yeah, I think like, it makes sense. Let me look. Like Her big early work was like, what? Freaky Friday? Yeah. Herbie the Love Bug. Mean Girls. Mean Girls. And what was that? Like 04, 05, 06? Yeah. So, like, late teens, maybe, acting yeah. in these movies. No, yeah, she was, like, age-appropriate for those movies. Yeah. That makes sense. She went through a rough patch. I'm just saying, she looks dramatically different than she used to. I haven't looked much into Lindsay Lohan. She fell off, like... Not fell off. Went through some, uh... You know... Some tough times by, mm-hmm. like, what, 23? 19? What did you just say? Did you just say a number? Twenty three nineteen. Yeah, like she was at the age uh, two twenty three. Oh, aged okay. <laughs> the year twenty three nineteen. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't even want to know what she's gonna look like in the year twenty three nineteen. But uh, no, I don't know. She honestly looks better than she did in the canyons. Like she's had a lot more work done. She's kind of reclaimed her status a bit because uh, she was not doing well during the canyons that was like 2014 I think I've never seen that movie it's pretty tough I'll say I I think I enjoyed Falling for Christmas better than the canyons but anyway yeah she's engaged to this guy she doesn't realize he's gay um, they go up to the top of a mountain actually they weren't they're not engaged at the beginning of the movie they go up to the top of a mountain to get engaged and uh, she falls off the cliff and hits her head and she gets amnesia. Yeah. And she gets found by, like, some locals. They're, like, in the Snowy Mountains. I don't know where. But it's, like, a cabin town. Like, a cute, like, uh, resort town, I guess, where tourists go to spend the holidays. 
where gay men go to take their uh, their wives mm-hmm. to push them off the top of the mountain. <laughs> no, he fell too. Oh. Um, he survives, but he ends up like in the home of a like a survivalist dude just living in the woods. Yeah. He, and they heavily, impl- huh? They fuck. No, it really seemed like they were going to, That's and then they I, didn't. Yeah. Uh. Anyway, yeah, then she, like, finds his whole... They climb the mountain on all fours and <laughs> fuck on top of the mountain like like animal. Like who? Like animal. From... They fuck like animal. <laughs> I'm so, uh, not Sesame Street, the Muppets. Yeah. Um. Anyway, she ends up in, like, a wholesome uh, hotel run by a dude whose wife died, and he's, like, a single dad. And uh, she, like, relearns how to be a good person, basically. Okay. Because she's a really shallow person who doesn't know how to do anything. This movie sounds boring. Um, yeah. I mean, it was kind of perplexing. There's a dude who keeps showing up and, like, kind of pushing the plot along. And he's supposed to be Santa Claus, I think. Hmm. But he looks freaky. And every time he comes on screen, it... There were moments in the movie that reminded me... This is going to sound weird. Moments that reminded me of Goodfellas and also moments that reminded me of a Tim and Eric sketch, mostly visually. They did that. You know the thing that Martin Scorsese does a lot where it's like the push-in and the zoom into someone's face? Yeah. Where like, Usually to indicate like something fucked up is happening and they're like just realizing it. Yeah. That happens about like 50 times in this movie for no real reason. <laughs> Uh, the editing is just like a, it's like a hack. I don't know. It's it's like a film student who likes good movies got a son or got a job editing this like daft, uh, you know, run of the mill Christmas movie, and they just tried really hard to make it interesting looking. Ooh, there's also a girl. I I was proud of myself for calling this. There was a girl in the movie who shows up a couple times. She only has a couple lines, but she was um. I don't know how you say it, like a chore to look at. And uh, I was like, hmm. How you say busted as fuck? <laughs> and I'm like, oh, I bet she's a producer's daughter. And then I looked her up, and her daughter, her, her dad, it did did me one better. Her dad is the chairman of Lionsgate Pictures. And I looked at her IMDb, and she just plays a minor role in, like, a bunch of, like, Lionsgate big movies. Pictures. Um, like Divergent and... Hunger Games and like a couple other big movies. Damn. So nepotism at work. Funny though. The Max Landis prophecy. <laughs> That's gonna be his podcast. Yeah. Once he decides he's not he's not uh, publicly shamed anymore yeah, slash canceled deci- whatever yeah, you want to call it. Once he decides he's not a bad person. Mm-hmm. Him and his dad are gonna bust the doors off of the podcast world. Yeah. It's just going to be uh, 500 episodes being like, it was very tough for me being accused of murder. <laughs> oh, and that, you know, it's just like, it was like very tough for me being called a sociopathic rapist manipulator. He's right. <laughs> it was very tough. <laughs> People stopped talking about how brilliant I was for movies like Chronicle and Bright. Hmm. That's a key relitigate talking about Max Landis. Yeah. Because we've 
Anyway. Um, yeah, we don't have to. Well, I'm going we, to. We've had many private conversations about Max Landis. That interview on the Rice and Ellis podcast where he's talking about, I was at this party and these girls were talking about Michael B. Jordan. So I walked up and just started saying Chronicle over and over and over again until they started talking about Chronicle. It was very fun for me. It's like being an obnoxious twat. That's very fun for you. That was a pretty good uh, impression of him. It was so funny. They didn't even know I was the writer of this movie. And then they accused me of being a creep. Yeah, fuck Max Landis. Oh, excuse me. Um, hold on. So I kind of like not having the computer in front of me when we're recording, but yeah. I can't see what time we're at, so let me look. Okay, we're at 37 minutes. Okay. So I went to the diner today. Yeah. And, uh... You can have the rest of that coffee, by the way. Okay. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, so I went to the diner today, and, uh... I like to sit in, like, the two-person booths, you know, like a half booth. Yeah. So I pick a booth right next to this guy who's in, like, a military fatigues outfit. Mm. Like, on his way to wherever those guys go. Head base, you know, the, the clubhouse. <laughs> uh, and uh, I sit down, I'm waiting on my food. At this point, I have my coffee and whatnot. And then this uh, guy comes in, this real Walter from Big Lebowski looking dude. Nice. Comes in, waddles in more like, mm-hmm. gets into like a booth, sits at an angle where he looks up and sees the army man. Mm-hmm. He gets up and walks over to his booth and shakes his hand. Mm. and then goes sits down and then like i don't know one of the servers comes up to the to gi joe and is like uh telling him like how soon his food's about to come up and i just look over walter uh walter from big lebowski guy john goodman and he's just smiling ear to ear like staring at this guy in admiration <laughs> just like he's not like i don't know he didn't know this guy at all and he's just sucking his dick phantomly phantom style <laughs> You don't know that they didn't know each other. No, I did. Uh, they didn't exchange a damn word. I mean, he just like solemnly shook his hand. I mean, how many times have I walked into this this diner and seen you sitting there, shook your hand, and then sat two tables over just staring at you? That's a pretty normal like friend like male bonding thing. Yeah. Well, it's kind of like leaving uh, seats between you at a movie theater. Well, then the army guy got up, and then that guy waddled over to his. Like, the guy got up. The army guy got up and left. And this guy like walks over and sniffs his seat. <laughs> Literally? Yeah. You're okay. You're not joking. No, I am joking. Okay, because <laughs> I was about to make that same joke, but uh, it's just weird. That rules. You have no idea how this guy feels about being in the army. <laughs> he might hate it. He didn't look very happy. He didn't look like he wanted to be bothered and stared at. Um. Maybe it was a famous actor. Yeah, it was Ryan Gosling. <laughs> I didn't look at him, so it could have been Ryan Gosling doing Stolen Valor. He had the exact opposite reaction I had to seeing like a member of the armed service sitting in the diner. Mm-hmm. Where I just didn't look at him even slightly. Do you bring something to do when you go out to eat by yourself? I usually bring a, bring a book. This, this time I just listen to a podcast. Hmm. Yeah, you should have. Um, what would have been better is if should he, have been like, wait, is he your boyfriend? He walked, yeah. Well, he walked in 
sat down and sees the guy and then he's like, oh, here. Well, you want to have my booth? Oh, here. Do you want my jacket? <laughs> here. Oh, 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 I'm going to order food, but please give it to him. He needs to grow big and strong to do whatever he's doing. And that's the thing that's like he's shaking his hand like, thank you for your service. But it's like, how do you know he's even been deployed anywhere? You know? Yeah. He could be National Guard just hanging around. He could just be in streetwear. Yeah, that could just be just what he wears. <laughs> he just, this is like a bape. <laughs> he's like, yeah, he's like a hype beast guy. Yeah. So he's got those like Nike that, that boots that look sweet. like army boots and then, uh, yeah. He's got a Supreme chain underneath all of it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That'd be cool. And he just accepts like handshakes and like premium service from uh, diner staff. The big dude, Walter, offers to locate him a toe. You should have seen the way he was, like, staring at this guy in admiration. That's weird. It is, isn't it? It's like, why do you care so much? I don't know. So why don't you just suck his dick and get it over with? Doesn't have anything else going on, maybe. Right. So are you like this about your kids? You know? Do you think he has kids? Maybe. Maybe not. He was alone. Eating a, a Coney Island burger. I don't know, actually. I've been wondering if Coney Island burgers are good. Um, I don't think they're anything special. No. Yeah, that's uh, like... I think it's probably just like they buy burgers from Gordon's Food Service or something. Okay. So do you think it's cafeteria grade? Probably. If I were to guess, probably. Uh, but I don't that's know. That's the worst. <laughs> I mean, a lot of restaurants just, like, if... I think if, like, French fries, for instance, aren't their main thing, they just source them from, a, like, Gordon's Food Service or something. Yeah. Yeah, where does a Coney Island get their French fries? They're not bad. They they're must... The worst fries. They slice them by hand in the back. No, they're... they're, they're yeah, they're decent. I like them. Hmm. Uh, that, was, that was a good story. Thank you. You're welcome. All right, was that 23 minutes? No, okay. So we got like 16 minutes left now, I think. That covered about seven minutes. Unless oh, we can go into rock news. There is a story in rock news. Okay. So did you see uh, Metallica's announcing uh, it's big? Uh, they're doing a big world tour? I did. You see who's opening? Oh, oh it's Pantera. It's Pantera, yeah. yeah. It's half of Pantera and two other guys. <laughs> The two founding members of Pantera are both dead. So they're uh, reanimating the corpses of this band with just two random guys from other bands. I think they're... I bet they're probably, like, guys from other bands people like. No, they are. Go. It's Zach Wild. Um, oh, okay. Uh, and uh, the so, drummer from Anthrax. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, well... But it's just like the only members of Pant original Pantera you're seeing, it's like Phil Anselmo, who at one point was like, seemed cool, but now is a Nazi. Mm -hmm. And then Rex Brown, who no one's ever really cared about. Which one's, is he the bass He's player? He's the bass player, yeah. In a metal band, so it's like. <laughs> so they just turn his amp off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> that was one of my favorite running bits in Metalocalypse was, uh. William Murderface's part just totally mixed out. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that I feel like the best metal bands have like a distinct bass player. Mm. 
and most well i mean i guess pantera is a cool i don't know i guess there's metal uh, metal bands i like where you like pantera you don't know what the baseline is at all to their songs mm-hmm. whereas like i feel like in megadeth you can hear the bass player more or metallica the cliff burton era mm-hmm. uh black sabbath of course but then like most of it it's like yeah i guess there's bass on this song but um couldn't tell you what what they're doing it's uh, just a lot of like occasionally mm-hmm. it's like side noise they should piv- more metal bands should pivot to having a synth player instead of a bass player that would be cool synth bass mm. uh, I guess maybe it'd be a oh, <laughs> it'd be a white reaper style uh, situation where the synth player just kind of like headbangs most of the time and yeah. plays a synth riff every five minutes or so yeah, I'm trying to think, who's the greatest heavy metal synth player of all time? Is it the guy from Dio? I don't even know who that is. I don't either, but he did that uh, synth line to Rainbow in the Dark. Hmm, okay. Is it... Um, that, it's kind of like having a, a flautist in a metal band. I don't really see the function. No. Oh, like in Jump? Yeah. Yeah. Jump is my favorite. Uh, Jump is my favorite grind song. grindcore song. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah, my favorite. My favorite post deathcore song. Photograph is Photograph by Def Leppard is my favorite metal song of all time. Mm-hmm. <sighs> or pour some sugar on me is another great metal song. <laughs> I actually didn't have any rock news besides um Pantera. Yeah. There's got to be something. That's what I say every year. I'm trying to see if Dylan wants to go see that show. Oh yeah. Just out of curiosity. Yeah, I heard the tickets were outrageously oh, okay, expensive yeah, though. <laughs> hmm. What Peter Frampton should have done after Comes Alive. Maybe becomes dead. <laughs> Peter Frampton comes on intern. <laughs> what? Roger Waters unveils the Lockdown Sessions album. Sounds great. Elton John quits Twitter, citing unchecked misinformation. Cool. Listen, there's a lot of people out there calling me straight. I just want to set the record straight. Hmm. How John Frusciante rebalanced after busy Chili Peppers year. John Frusciante's kind of cool. For sure. Ooh. This is kind of an interesting one. Iggy Pop, well, interesting for like two, maybe the two of us and a couple of our friends. Iggy Pop says original mastering made Stooges sound wimpier. It's probably true. Yeah... I mean, I, unless he's doing a subtle dig at David Bowie for completely ruining uh That's not raw news, power. though. He said that before. Oh, has he? I've I've watched interviews, yeah, where he said that uh, he doesn't really like the Bowie mix for raw power, which I don't either. Right. I mean, maybe he's thinking of, maybe he's even speaking of the first two Stooges records, which might be right. I don't know. I think they're good albums, though. Oh yeah, they're excellent. Yeah, actually, really to complain about—I mean, maybe the mass, but like the recording of Funhouse is like 
You know, no one cares about this. <laughs> um, here's another one. How the Beatles inspired new satanic panic conspiracy theories. Right now? Yeah, I, apparently. Okay, yeah, how did it happen? No, probably not, but yeah, let's go with that. Maybe, oh, wait. Mm. If it's not talking about today, I'm not interested. Let's see. Some about psyops. No, this is just re-, re. This is just dredging up old shit. It sucks. But what if um? I hate that. How are you a journalist talking about shit from forty years ago? It's rock news, baby. <laughs> uh, no, how about the conspiracy that the Beatles are all Australian? That's my new. That's the new theory I'm forwarding. How about the theory that they're all Cajun? Okay. <laughs> That's pretty good. They're all from the bayou. Yep. But they knew no one would no one would take them seriously if they like the world wasn't ready for a Cajun supergroup. I mean, I've been listening to this song Rocky Raccoon a lot lately. Yeah. You know that one? Yeah, I know that one. He's got doing a bit of a Cajun thing on there. That was him being... A, that was his most authentic I mean, self. Yeah, he's doing a boomhauer. Rocky Raccoon. Yeah, yeah that's, that was their authentic self. Looking to make that their gumbo. Yeah. They had to code switch his British to be uh, <laughs> taken seriously <laughs> by the... Code switching, yeah. <laughs> Dude, the Beatles were code switching all the time. Yeah. Not a lot of people understand that. Alligator walk down. The only people that know that are the Cajun community who, you know, they saw songs like Rocky Raccoon as a wink and a nod to them. <laughs> yeah. Or I want to hold your hand. No, I don't want to hold your hand. Um, help. They knew that that was them saying, help. I want to be my crocodile wrestling self. <laughs> A hard day's night. Help, I need some gumbo. Yeah. <laughs> a hard day's night making jambalaya. And there's that infamous t-shirt George Harrison in the 90s wearing a Gambit t-shirt. From X-Men. <laughs> Is Gambit Cajun? He's a Cajun character, yes. <laughs> Interesting. I didn't know that. You didn't know that? No. Huh. Is he cool. Huh? Is he based on Clay Higgins or something? No. He's kind of more of a Boomhauer character if Boomhauer was Cajun. Mm. If Boomhauer was actually Bill. Yeah. Size Boom. Is Bill is Bill's accent actually Cajun in King of the Hill? Is that what no, I'm No, I don't think so. Okay, but like his family is from New Orleans. Yeah. Okay. I mean, it, I feel like his accent is borderline Cajun, though. It's like a little different from everyone else's. Well, I guess that's sort of the case with people who move probably at a young age, is that their accent sort of right. sounds untraceable. People have said they think I have an accent, and I don't really know what, why. Really, one person just always asked me where I was originally from, <laughs> and it was very weird. I, <laughs> I don't really think I sound... You'll have to tell me who this like person that. is, too. Okay. Um, no, I. Sometimes I think I sound pretty Midwestern. Yeah, I don't. Or really like know borderline. What sounds like Canadian. 
Uh, Midwestern's like very plain. Yeah. So like you don't really have a. Uh, there's a lot of examples of like how Midwesterners pronounce things versus how other people pronounce things, but I can't think of one. Sometimes when I say about, I think I'd say about kind of on accident. Hmm. But I don't think it's as inherent as like you know, a, your code switching to Canada. Can you, yeah. <laughs> Trying to impress all those people across the just across the pond there. Yeah. All Trying for us like you know people like. Todd McFarlane, mm-hmm. um, Mike Myers, mm-hmm. Nardwar, Nardwar, the the governing that's the governing body of uh, Canada is <laughs> the creator of Spawn, Nardwar, <laughs> and uh, Nardwar the creator who, of Spawn. Who, who who else did I say? Mike Myers. Mike Myers, the love guru. Yeah. Has, has Nardwar ever interviewed Mike Myers? I don't think so. I don't think I think Mike Myers would probably be like the one guy who's like fuck Nardwar. I hate that guy. Actually, you know what? ICP was kind of. You hear what they were saying about Nardwar? No. They were saying that his interviewing is bullshit because he takes back all the gifts he gives you. Oh. <laughs> Which I think is true for some stuff, but I think he does usually specify like this is a gift, this is for you. So they don't like him. I think they were kind of mad about that. Yeah. Hmm. They didn't get too nasty with it, did they? I don't want to hear anyone I don't know. about Nardwar. Their interview with Nardwar is pretty good, though. Hmm. They're talking about the food available at Gathering of the Juggalos. Yeah, what's available? Uh, one is called the Stoner Bowl. Oh, it's like a a bowl? It, it's a... Yeah, it's like a, a food bowl full of just, like, a bunch of unhealthy shit, probably. And uh, I remember Violent J talking about it. Um, being like, and you know, we got something, uh, got something if you smoke weed, which I don't. <laughs> <laughs> Called a stone, stoner bowl. <laughs> which I don't. <laughs> <laughs> Who sees you? Okay. <laughs> Take your word for it, <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, I which think I don't. I raise my kids right. <laughs> I feel like I've. Uh, I feel like we've covered everything we wanted to cover today. Did we? That's what else we got. Mm, yeah. Oh, you want to talk about that picture you sent me? Not really. Uh, now that we've got we've kind of covered enough ground <laughs> what did you have to say I mean it's a nothing it's just very funny <laughs> it's not even like the that, there's more like that there's more where that came from where'd you find this uh I was talking a friend of mine uh just got back from Japan mm-hmm. and Mexico actually so uh, we were asking him what, you know, what he saw in Japan and I just kind of said did you see any uh, big titty Godzillas mm. um it's kind of something that just came out of my head. And then I knew once I said that that there's a deviant art search result for that phrase. Right. And I was compelled to look into it. And, and you that sent me was one. It's the funniest one I found. Yeah. <laughs> kind of like uh, her stance. <laughs> yeah. Very innocent. Oh, there's like, got like four more minutes. I mean, it was actually, hour. it's the funniest and least explicit picture I found. Oh, okay. 
Um, who went to Japan and Mexico? Hmm? Who went to Japan and Mexico? Oh, Andrew. Oh, really? Yeah. What for? Tour. Oh, yeah. That's cool. Um, but he didn't go on the Kiss Cruise. No. What's up with that? Oh. I watched a movie. He thought maybe it was going to be like a Kiss Cruising for gay sex. And he's like, hey, that's not my style, man. <laughs> uh, You think there's like old guys that cruise record stores to talk about classic rock? Mm, yep. For sure. <laughs> they like find another guy in like Levi's 501s. <laughs> uh, hey, Columbia, hey. Patagonia of some sort. Okay, there you go. Um, certain, like, kind of swagless qu- glasses. Quarter zip. They're like, hey, so you're checking out uh, early 70s Stones. It's the best era of the band. Mm-hmm. And then 15 minutes <laughs> later, they're in the bathroom having rough trade sex, being like, you know how Led Zeppelin got its name? Keith Moon's the best drummer of all time. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that probably happens all the time. Probably. Maybe we could ask Joe about that if we have mine again. Yeah, you gotta clean the cum out of the Led Zeppelin section. Every night I have to clean the cum out of the, the, the Mott the Hoople section. He's like, I don't even go near those records. Uh-huh. They're all stuck together. Okay, well, uh... Kaboom. I have to get up to turn off the podcast now. Here we go. Okay, we made it. All right.